Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets steer clear from syllabus perversion. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to this series I'm covering entitled The Syllabus for Life's Course. If this is your first time tuning in, feel free to listen to the previous episodes. For those who've been listening to this series, you already know the Lord has provided us all with the syllabus to follow, and that is His most holy word, the Bible. It is in our best interest to follow the syllabus that God provides us so we can elevate in our life's course. We are all enrolled in one of the most important courses that we'll ever have to take, and that is life. And our Heavenly Father has provided us all with the supplies we need. God has provided us with the syllabus, the guide, the assistance. He's given us everything we need to get through the many courses of life. The motivational aim, steer clear from syllabus perversion, is vital. In the course of life, in order to matriculate to the next level, the next stage, the next degree, the next phase, it is of extreme importance to do things decently and in order. When a person chooses to go in a direction or they attempt to change or cause something or someone to turn aside away from what is generally done or accepted, That is perversion. Perversion is the alteration of something from its original course to a distortion or corruption of what was first intended. Another definition of perversion is sexual behavior or desire that is considered abnormal or unacceptable. And what I would like you to do is keep those definitions in the forefront of your mind. Perversion is wrong in any area or aspect of life. In the academic setting, an instructor can pass out a syllabus or the syllabi to the entire class, and you have some students who will make it their aim, they will make it their mission, and they will try their best to pervert that syllabus. Now, they really cannot pervert the syllabus, but they'll do something or they'll try to establish something where they are altering their requirements. They'll alter what they're supposed to do from its original course so they can distort it in some way, shape, or form with the attempt to get over. That's what they'll do. It's not only evident in an academic setting, it happens everywhere where somebody is operating in perversion. They want to pervert something. They want to manipulate something. They want to alter something. So it can be distorted and they reap some type of benefit from it. They don't care about the outcome. They just care about perverting it to get whatever it is that they want. And going back to the academic setting, to me it's crazy when a student puts in all of this effort, man, they put in so much work to try to pervert the syllabus when all they had to do was follow the syllabus from the jump to get the grades that they needed to pass the course. But no, 
They don't want to follow the syllabus the right way. They don't want to stick to the syllabus. They want to pervert the syllabus so they can still do the perverted things they want to do. They don't want to stop the perversion. They don't want to do the right thing. They want to do the wrong thing, and they want the wrong thing to be acceptable. So that's why they put in all this work to pervert something. It's sick, and it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy and foolish. But as some of you already know, there are some individuals who will make it their aim to do anything to muddy boundary lines. They'll do anything to move the goalpost. They'll do anything so they won't have to adhere to rules and regulations. And people, some people do that. They just do it. They cannot stick to rules. They just feel like they have to pervert the syllabus. They have to pervert the rules. They have to manipulate something. They have to violate something. They have to cheat something. Instead of doing things the right way, they rather cheat, violate, manipulate, pervert something so they can stick to life their way apart from God's syllabus. And I'm talking about individuals who know what they're doing. They're not walking in ignorance. They are fully aware that what they're doing is wrong. They are fully aware that they are perverting the syllabus. And they will keep on doing that. Just to create confusion, chaos, disorder. That's what they want. People who do that, in my opinion are senseless and stupid. But one thing about individuals who operate in that manner, they can look like they are getting by, but they'll never get away. Their acts will always be discovered and exposed because God already set that thing up. He already set it up. Seed, time, and harvest. The law of sowing and reaping is evident in every area and aspect of life. So nobody's getting away with anything, whether it be positive or negative. Okay. I've had students try to pervert the syllabus. They've tried their best to alter the syllabus from its original course to create some type of distortion or corruption. And they've done this thinking that they could create the scandal, create the distortion, create the corruption, create the perversion, so they won't have to do assignments. But they still want a passing grade. They still want that passing grade. They don't want to do the work. So let's just think about how we can pervert this syllabus, pervert this course or class experience. How can I do that? And I've already told y'all, about some of the students bringing food to the class, trying to give it to me. And I don't care what anybody says about, oh, you know, we're just trying to be nice. They were trying to bring you food. Well, in the syllabus, it said not to. I told you don't bring food. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, no, stop. And then when they take it a step further and they boldly tell me, I brought this food, can you pass me? See, see, 
that's the indicator that somebody was trying to pervert the syllabus. As I said in part one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on. The syllabus didn't say bring food past class. Syllabus states complete assignments. None of my assignments say bring food. I've had other situations and other professors probably go through the same thing. Other educators, other teachers. If it's not the students trying to pervert something, sometimes it's depending on what grade or what level of education you teach. It could be the parents trying to pervert something. Spouses trying to pervert something. The children come in trying to pervert something. Just people trying to pervert the syllabus so they can get out of doing what they're supposed to do. For those who teach young adults or adults, you have some students who tell you, yeah, I ain't trying to do the work on this syllabus, but I'm trying to do something else with you, though. And they, boy, they just come out and tell you. Just play it. Bam. Here it is. This is what I want to do. I want to do some things with you and to you. And they'll say it. And you have to be the educator to let them know, oh, no way. No. Did you say something about perverting the syllabus? Oh, that's a violation. Oh. I have to report that. You got to be crazy, loud, letting people know, hey, I don't engage and tolerate the perversion of syllabi. <clears throat> and depending on how you do it, or you know, when I do it, those students always drop the class after they make those statements and they realize, I'm not going to be able to pervert the syllabus. It's not even an hour later from them making their statements, they drop the class. They drop it because they understand this not going to work. This is not going to work. And sometimes it's not even as bold and abrasive and disrespectful as that example. But in other cases where I've had students pervert the syllabus or try to, they drop the class because it's not tolerated. And similar to God's syllabus, God is not going to allow anybody to pervert what he's set up to be holy. He's not going to do that. God sees the attempts people are making. God knows people's motives as it relates to the syllabus that he's given them for their life's course and what they're trying to do to get out of something. It doesn't work. It does not work at all. And what happens is if a person doesn't stick to the syllabus and get on track with the syllabus, they're going to fail the course. Or the Lord might have them sit out, might drop them down a few notches. It doesn't work. But you see so many people do that, not only in the academic setting, but they do it in life. They do it at work. They do it within families. They'll pervert anything just to get their way because they don't want to follow rules. They don't want to abide by procedures. They don't want to be told what to do even though they don't even know what they're doing and they need help. I have so many stories going back from undergrad to master's, doctorate, me being a professor, where I've seen people pervert the syllabus. Well, they try to pervert the syllabus because they're never successful. They are never successful. All right, I have a story. But the... Twist with this story. 
for this day, for this time. It's going to be hard for me. It's going to be very hard for me to tell this story because I have to tell this story with no reenactments. When I say I can't use any type of imitation of a voice, I can't do that because if I do that, I'll give the person away. And then if I do the other voice reenactment, boy, um, it's inappropriate. (laughs) And I will not be sounding that way. So you'll understand why I cannot as I tell you the story. But I have to just tell this story, and that is going to be a challenge for me. It is going to be a challenge. But I'm going to just tell it. So I can't impersonate anybody. Ugh. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to tell you the story, and here it is, okay? This is talking about an individual, or this story is depicting a situation where, real-life situation, real-life occurrence, where somebody was perverting or trying their best to pervert the syllabus, and it got them nowhere, (laughs) absolutely nowhere, okay? I was working on my doctorate degree. I was in class one day, and I noticed what I'm about to tell you. This went on for about two or three class sessions. But there was a woman who was also working on her doctoral degree. She was a doctorate candidate, doctorate student. And when I was in class, the teacher was in our class teaching us. The class had about, I want to say about 10 10 people in there, 10 students. The teacher would be instructing us, but there was a student, this woman, who, as I just stated, she was a doctoral candidate. She was not enrolled in our course, but she would come by the classroom frequently, okay? One day... This is the first time I saw her. I was in class, and she shows up. Everybody's sitting down. Who's enrolled in the course, they're sitting down, taking notes, writing some stuff down off of the board. She comes in, and our teacher walks to the back of the class. So he goes to the back to go speak to her. And he's in the back of the classroom this first time that I noticed. It was about 10 to 15 minutes. So when I saw the woman walk in, before he went to the back, I saw what she had on. And she had this extremely thin top. It's thin fabric, very thin. I'm talking about dang near see-through. See-through, thin fabric. The shirt, if I could describe it, It was a tank top with spaghetti straps. It was like a spaghetti strap cami. And when I say this lady's breasts were busting out of that shirt, her breasts were busting out of that shirt, and she had a low-cut top. It was a low-cut top. And I think her breasts made it really low-cut. I'm talking about real low. So when I saw her, I was thinking, uh, she did not finish getting dressed. She's not through getting dressed. What are the rest of her clothes? 
then I was thinking, hold up, what is she doing? Now, in this particular class, I sat in the second row, and it was only two rows full of students, so I sat, in a sense, to the back, even though it wasn't the back. But when I saw the lady come in with that top, I was like, um, I don't think she dressed, okay? And that was that. The lady leaves, and then it's the next week. She shows back up. She comes back to class. The teacher's teaching us. She comes in. He goes to the back. And he's back there talking to her. And this time, she had on another thin type shirt. It was real thin, but it had like some graphics or something on there. And once again, the breast was popping out again. And I know we are all made in the image of God. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. We are unique. We are God's masterpiece. She was using her masterpiece every time she came, or pieces, (laughs) when she came to that class, okay? Her breasts were busting out again. They were busting out. So by now, I thought about the week before, what she had on. Then I thought about, okay, what she have on this particular day. And I said, no, she know what she doing. Now, when she walks in the classroom, she has this look of haste as if she not worried about her masterpieces. She not worried about them. She just trying to get this working and asking a question. So when you glance at her, you think, Oh, you know, she just like wearing these type of tops and showing off her body, and that's what she like. Now, homegirl had a motive, and then when I looked at her, I said, now nah, she, she, nah, she don't even look like she asking questions. She looked like she coming up here to do a fashion show. She want to show her masterpieces off. Okay, that's the second time. Third class session, she does the same thing. Teacher's teaching. She comes in. Teacher runs to the back. (laughs) This time I turned around. I stopped what I was doing, and I just turned around. I said, I want to see this interaction. I want to see if what I think is true. I want to see this. So I just turned around and just watched. I said, I just, let's just look. (laughs) so I see her she sits down the professor sits down and she picked up the masterpieces and threw them on the table and I said oh oh that's what I'm thinking I'm not making any noises yet and I'm oh my gosh so then she started moving the masterpieces from side to side so now I'm looking at my professor I'm trying to see what he's doing. Man, when she threw the masterpieces on the table, boy, his head jerked. Then when she started moving the masterpieces from side to side, his neck went from side to side. His eyes were so big. And I said, oh, my gosh. And then I said, let me listen to see what she's talking about. That woman wasn't saying anything, man. That girl was that woman. She was back there. 
panting and whining and moaning. And I I said, oh, she trying to get something started. Something going on. And then the teacher didn't, I guess, acquiesce to whatever she was talking about. I heard him say something about something she had to do as it related to the syllabus. And she was complaining about how she couldn't do something, so she went back to panting and whining, saying, can you just please do X, Y, and Z? She said something. She was trying to get something without doing something. And the teacher was saying, yeah, I, I don't know if I can do that. So you could tell she got upset, but then she stood up. And she started asking again, but she kept rocking from side to side. Man, the teacher neck was going from side to side. And something happened where she did not get her way. And when I say she started panting again and whining and moaning and making all these gestures and raising her eyebrows. And the teacher, he was looking at her, but he was not acquiescing to whatever demand she was trying to throw out. Then, boy, she she got desperate. She got desperate. I don't think her masterpieces were supported at all. I don't think she wore any support for those masterpieces that day. When I say she stood up and she started jumping up and down. Man, she started jumping up and down. And she had some papers in her hand but she was jumping, and the teacher's eye, man, his eyes was going up and down. His neck was going up and down, and he was concentrating on those masterpieces. You know what it looked like if you were to get a straw, a thin straw, and then blow up, you know, those weird-shaped balloons where people use them, them real long ones where people get them and they manipulate them and they start making animal shapes and crowns and stuff with them. So if you get two of those long balloons, blow them up to maximum capacity, tape them to a straw, then get the straw and hit the straw on a hard surface like a table, real hard, and you look how the balloons are going, that's what they look like. So her masterpiece was flopping up and down, going from side to side, boy, no support, just going every which way, okay? And that's where I messed up. That's where I messed up. And don't forget this lady, you didn't know, but the lady was a tall lady too. Her bones were not big. She was a tall, slim lady with these masterpieces. So, man, she was doing all of that teacher's neck jerking from side to side. He he started concentrating at this point. His face was so serious. He did not want to be disturbed. Okay? That's where I messed up. When I saw what she was doing and how she was moaning, groaning, whimpering, fake crying, trying to touch the professor's arm, asking for whatever she was asking, I messed up. When I made the noise of, oh, oh, (laughs) when I made that noise, 
the professor jerked his neck so quick in my direction, and he saw me. Y'all know that man yelled at me. He said, Bryant, turn around. Turn around right now, Bryant. And I said, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> and when I did not turn around, the professor, he was mad. He was so mad. He told that lady, let's go outside. Let's take this outside. And they went outside, and she just went outside and started jumping up and down again. And you heard her through the door making all that noise. And she was jumping up and down, teacher's neck going up and down. And then he looked at me through the window of the door and started pointing at me, telling me to get to work. I just shook my head, no. No. I said, I cannot believe what I'm looking at. If she wants to do all that, they have places for that where she can go. And there are places for him to go if he wants to see that. They, they have places in this world for that. You need to be teaching me. But what she was trying to do was pervert the syllabus. And what she was so angry about is the teacher. He was able to view those masterpieces. And he still did not give her what she wanted. He still made sure to tell her, now you, you need to follow the syllabus. He did not deviate from that syllabus, even though she was trying to pervert something. She was really trying to pervert it. And the teacher, <laughs> he didn't pass that lady because I found out later she was taking a different class from him. And she was trying to get out of something, and he did not allow it. She, he did not allow it. And this professor was not the only one she did that to. That was the first time I saw her do that. But as I progressed throughout the program, I saw her out in the hallways putting those masterpieces to work, boy. Those masterpieces had some work to do. And she still wasn't passing. And that messed up. That's messed up. You do all of that, and you still fail. That boy, man. But you see how a person can try and will try to pervert a syllabus for their own personal agenda? And all they had to do was follow the syllabus the first time. They didn't have to violate their masterpieces, but they put their masterpieces in harm's way, on display, and they still didn't get what they thought they were going to get. Isn't that something? All they had to do was follow the syllabus, but they'd rather commit an act that is wrong to get something they didn't even earn and something that does not even belong to them. And I want to visit one of the many profound passages of scripture, and I've completed a series on this. It's entitled, What's Being Produced? But this passage of scripture ties into steering clear from syllabus perversion. The passage is found in Mark the 11th chapter and the 12th through the 25th verse. And here is a snapshot of that passage. Jesus was leaving a town and he was leaving or as he was leaving that town, he was hungry. In a distance, Jesus saw a fig tree and leaf. So Jesus went to see if he would find anything on it, if he would find anything on that fig tree. But when Jesus went up to the fig tree, he found 
nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So Jesus says to the fig tree, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening to what he said. Now that's Mark, the 11th chapter in the 12th through the 14th verse. That's the snapshot. Then we jump down to the 20th verse of Mark, the 11th chapter. Now it's morning. And as the disciples and Jesus were passing by, the disciples saw that the fig tree had withered away from the roots up. And Peter, Jesus' disciple, remembered what happened. And he said, Jesus, Rabbi, Master, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place. It will be done for him in accordance with God's will. And the reason I wanted to share this scripture or these scriptures with you it's because these scriptures target in on steering clear of syllabus perversion. And you've heard the account with the fig tree. And when you read it, you'll see it. But the fig tree had an assignment from God. The fig tree's assignment was to produce. The fig tree had an assignment to produce figs. But instead of following the syllabus for the fig tree's life's course, the fig tree decided to do something else instead of producing figs. Instead of producing figs and producing fruit, the fig tree decided to go about it a different way. It decided to show leaves. It decided to show and make it look like it had something it did not have, to get credit for something it did not earn. That's what the fig tree was trying to do. It was trying to get credit that it didn't earn for its life's course. But one day, the divine instructor stepped into the fig tree's life's course to see if the assignments had been submitted, if things had been turned in, and the teacher clearly observed, okay, this fig tree, Jesus saw that the fig tree did not complete its assignments. The fig tree was supposed to produce fruit, not leaves. The fig tree was perverted. It was distorted from its original course. The fig tree turned away from what was or is generally done or accepted, and the fig tree diverted to a wrong end. And when Jesus identified the teacher, identified the professor, identified the educator, the leader, identified what was going on. The teacher walked up to it. Jesus walked up to it, examined it. And Jesus answered the fig tree and told the fig tree, no, no one will ever eat from you again. You see how Jesus shut down perversion and God has given us the authority to decree the same things. If anything in your life is not producing the way it's supposed to, and if people are around you perverting and distorting your original course or someone else's original course, we can tell whatever and whomever and whoever that he is doing that. No, 
no one will ever eat fruit from you again. And although they failed to produce, they don't even have the opportunity to deceive any longer. And they will be cut off and stopped. That's just how it goes. God does not play with perversion. He does not play with it at all. It might look like a person is getting by, but that person never gets away. A person might even think, you know what? God is not going to check what I do. I've done this perversion and this manipulation, this violation, this wrong for so long. Nobody ever stops me. I do what I want to do. I get the results I want when I go outside the syllabus. That's how it happens for me. Everything always works out. But there will be a day. God will examine your work in your face. He will look at your assignments. He already sees them. He already knows what you're doing. But one day, you're going to know that he knows. Or not you, but somebody who's doing that. That person's going to know. What they're doing, they can no longer do. God's going to examine their work, examine their assignments, see what they've turned in. He's going to examine what people have been doing with their masterpieces. What have they been doing? How have they been using their masterpieces? And when God checks our work, he checks our assignments. God knows how to check us in a way that we'll never forget. He'll let us know, hey, um... In so many ways, you didn't follow the syllabus, or you did follow the syllabus. The aim is to stick to the syllabus God's way. The aim is to do what the syllabus states and not try to create things and create ways to do things differently that have absolutely nothing to do with the course God has you enrolled in. It's one thing to try to do something and God approves it. Because if God approves it, that means you're staying within the scope of the syllabus. But when God does not approve, that's a clear indicator that somebody's trying to manipulate something. Somebody's trying to cheat something. Somebody's trying to violate something. And somebody's trying to pervert something. Whether they are doing it on purpose or not. Either way, the aim is to stick to God's syllabus. That's what we're supposed to do. If one is going down a course or trying to make God's course into something it was never intended to be, that is perversion. The aim is to walk God's course. Stick to God's syllabus. Trust Him and do what is required. It's more work trying to make your own course than just following the one God designed specifically for you to follow. Going back to that woman in my class who was whipping out our masterpieces in the wrong class. That's, that's not the class or the course she was supposed to be doing that in. You know, whipping out our masterpieces, throwing our masterpieces from side to side, jumping up and down, not having any support for her masterpieces. We already know what she was trying to do. She was trying to pervert the syllabus. I don't believe God created a course for her entitled No Support Masterpieces or Don't Support Your Masterpieces or Throw Your Masterpieces from Side to Side and Up and Down, Do Jumping Jacks with Your Masterpieces 
in this educational course. I don't I don't think that's the course God had her in. I don't think he said enroll or create a course for yourself entitled Pervert Your Masterpieces and Disrupt Other People Trying to Get a Degree. I don't I don't think he had her enrolled in that. She created that course for herself. And apparently she didn't even know how to create a curriculum or a syllabus for that. Because <laughs> she was all over the place where her masterpieces were. And she was doing things in academic settings that people don't do in academic settings. As I said earlier, they have places for that. They have places for that. She was in the wrong place. In academic settings, you know what people do? Or they should be doing? Their work, their assignments, using their mind and brain power, completing their work, asking intellectual questions, not doing jumping jacks when your masterpieces are not supported properly. That's not what, no, that's not what academic settings are for. I believe you understand my point. The aim is to produce fruit. <laughs> that's the aim. The aim is to steer clear from syllabus perversion. The aim is to stick to the syllabus. <laughs> I'm trying to stay on target because I have a lot to say. Okay. The passage of scripture I would like to leave you with is Mark the 11th chapter in the 12th through the 14th verse. And this is what it states. On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he would find anything on it. But he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. He said to it, No one will ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening to what he said. Okay? Remain encouraged. Steer clear from syllabus perversion. All right? Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit my website, drkenitrabryant.com. Enjoy y'all's day. Peace and God bless.